Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What's up, footballers fans? With all the new content coming out, there's going to be a lot more people playing Weekend League and Rivals. It's going to get tough out there. Do yourself a favor and visit our friends at FifaUteam.com. They've got two new listings out for Foot Champions Rewards and also Rivals Rewards. The more you know before you go in, the easier it is to manage your time wisely. So do yourself a favor, click the link in the show notes or visit FifaUteam.com. Welcome back to Footballers. This is Season 3, Episode 7. Today is October 14th. Just before content, we're going to do a live reaction to what we're expecting today based off the loading screen, Rule Breakers. I have my usual handy helpers with me, the market guru, right foot. Also, the legend that is, Matt Lamborn. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well, mate. Very well indeed. I hear there's an Ed and Jacko coming into Rule Breakers. That's mm. right up my alley. I've been experimenting with target men this week and using Inform Giroux for that little task. And whilst he's very good at said target man duties, he is a little bit on the slow side. So you do lose those potential possibilities to get on the end of a through ball. Jekko might just be that little increase in pace that would just make that task better well-rounded. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that one. Yeah, you just need to make him lengthy. A lengthy Jekko. Oh yeah. Paul, you know a little bit about being lengthy. How are you? I'm all right. Just going from work. Really good week at work, which is always nice. And ready to go with a pod. Um, I don't know if you can call me the trading guru now, Hunter. Um, and mm. I'm quite embarrassed by this, but Hunter's transfer profit is consider- not con- maybe not considerably larger than mine, but it's more than mine. Um, I'm going to do something about that today. So watch this space, Hunter. I'm coming for you. Mm. Well i got a transfer list that's locked and loaded. I just need fodder to move a little bit. But that's kind of where I want to go into first because we had a huge market sell-off this week. Paul, I need you to take us through it because the only explanation I have for the market sell-off as a semi-professional amateur trader is the compensation packs that they gave for the Howland SBC. They did make a statement today saying that those compensation packs are complete. They're still working on a few other things, but they did say that there will be no make good, quote, no make good for the hero blunder that they did earlier last week. That was from Bob at EA Help. I'm sure that's his real name. (laughs) Can you take us through this, Paul? Yeah. So I think this week the market's been really nervous. People, um, we've got a long list of compensations that people were expecting. We've got some pre-season rewards that were out for a little while and then were taken back. We had the Hero 25k pack saga and people are just nervous around the market. Yeah, people have just got a bit tired of um, these mistakes. People lost a lot of coins. It took a lot of coins out the market this week, did that. 
how necessarily did it take coins out of people's pockets? I mean, can can you kind of explain that to the people? Well, if you had a team that were worth maybe one mil, for example, um, mm-hmm. only a small percentage of people opened these packs. So the majority of people had teams. Um, all those teams lost value. So, you know, a small percentage of people got got coins from from that pack. A lot of people lost coins on Road to the Knockout as well because it didn't seem to matter if teams won, lost, did cartwheels, it, it didn't matter. The cards went down um, and it, that just had seemed to have a knock-on effect with everything else. The market just sort of trended downwards. We do seem to have had a little bit of a recovery on some cards now. Uh, we've got Rule Breakers tonight, which you know helped with the nervousness because uh, there's a lot of like really nice cards due. So tonight, I think we might see a bit of a bounce back where people buy teams for weekend league, but we'll we'll have to see what content comes. My whole take on this market sell-off and it takes coins out of people's pockets, no doubt. People's teams lost lots of value. But if most cards went down collectively, Matt, isn't it all relative in the end? Or am I mistaken with that? Because I'm sure there are certain meta cards that, like Paul said, did make rebounds. I'm like Mindy made a pretty good rebound. Mane made a pretty good rebound. Uh, Janola took a pretty good hit and he's kind of back up a little bit today. But do you think it's really that big of a deal that the compensation packs dipped the market or was it basically a buying opportunity? Well, there, there is a buying opportunity, but I think what Paul was saying is largely true. If the vast majority of cards go down and only select few remain the same and then new cards come out that everyone's clamoring for and they're at the highest peak price on the first few days particularly the first weekend whilst weekend league is running the buying power of the market has been massively reduced so you can't sell your stuff one because there's a lack of demand and that then causes a devalue across the board right so that's kind of where we're at if a certain percentage of people loaded up with good hero packs and got some good compo that sends the value of everything else down. You can't sell your stuff to bad new stuff and the market goes into a bit of a downward spiral. But we are going to see this, I think, most of the week, every week, with the exception of people will be buying new teams on Fridays, maybe on Saturdays for weekend league. And I think the right move around this is to do your weekend league as early as possible and sell your team off as early as possible to try and lock in that value whilst there's still demand for those players on the market. Otherwise, you risk playing all week with a team you bought for X amount and then it being greatly reduced a few days later. That's kind of where we're at now. And as much as I would like to take credit, Paul, for for having such great transfer profit, this particular week was one of an off week for me. And it was really dumb luck because... I'm in the middle of a move. My house is a wreck right now. I'm, you know, stuff's everywhere. And I decided to take the profits on the cards that I bought early on in the web app. And like I said, I locked in a 250K net profit on Hallen when I sold him for 380. And just two days later, he had lost 25% of his value. So I did the same thing with Mindy. I bought Mindy for 48, sold him for 98. I just feel like I got was in the right place at the right time. And I just so happened to be liquid when the market fell out. And it worked out for me which I was then able to go in and buy more cheap fodder. I was using time to buy like Mares, Rodri, a lot of popular cards that were just super, super cheap. Like Mares, I was buying for initially under 14. Sometimes I got him near 12 and flipping him for 16, 17. And you can still make those trades if you just have patience, load up when they're cheap and sell into the, you know, the higher times. But how are you guys making coins now in the market, Paul? What are you doing in the aftermath, I guess, in the wake leading up to this much anticipated promo of Rule Breakers? Um, a lot of my trading has been position change and chem style trading on new 
cards that we've got so whether that's new team of the week in the first few days or new promo cards in the first few days and the cheaper ones with smaller margins so if you've got a 20k card um and your position it's, it's already been position changed that adds extra value if that's got a, a decent chem style and a hunter or a shadow that adds value so there might be maybe a three four k gap with the prices of those cards so i'm buying say frimpong for example i've been buying him yesterday um he's a right wing back so i've been buying him when he's already been position changed to a right back trying to get him with decent chem styles but it doesn't really make any difference and just constantly flipping those thursday were great because he went up 20k so i'd already bought a load but uh just constantly making that move just keeping those coins going not being greedy and trying to list too high but having cards sort of selling within three or four minutes buying some more and just keeping those coins moving. And before you know it, you'll have sold 100 cards in an hour or so at 1K, 2K profit per card. It soon adds up. You know, you'll get cards that have got a position change and a shadow on them. You might make 5K on those. So it's all about just grinding um, and finding the right time as well because the thing about these position changes and chem styles, when cards are fresh out, so tonight we're going to get rule breakers and these cards come as basic. So the majority of the cards that are on the market are basic. So you'll you'll find ones that get listed up that have got a position change on them or a shadow on them. And there's not many of those cards around for the first few days. After three or four days, there's loads of cards that are position changed, loads with hunters on, with shadows on, and the margins are tight then. So you're looking for those first day or two of Team of the Week, first day or two of the promo, um, let the cards settle first. Don't be buying them um, before six o'clock or when the, on the exact first day when they're finding the sort of price balance. Just let them find the, the level and then start trading in them. And they're only small windows of a couple of hours here and there. Get on, get in and out. Um, and it's fun. But it, in between that, I found it not difficult, but it's been a little bit harder to trade with icons and sort of rarer special cards last year on xbox it was much easier because cards got a lot rarer because of um not as many people but i'm I'm still sort of figuring the what's rare in this market is a lot different to what's rare last year so i'm still sort of finding my feet with that but i'm, I'm enjoying it it's it's coins are easy-ish to come by at the moment yeah, easy-ish indeed. If you're in the right areas and you have the right uh, the right methods and have the patience, you can definitely make it. But sometimes it does take a little bit of will because you see the market cratering and you, all you want to do is sell and, and save your precious coins, but you just got to hold your nose and keep buying it because you know it's going to turn, especially fodder. I mean, eventually we're going to get that SPC and fodder is going to start to move. And if you've got a transfer list loaded like I do, I think you're going to profit from it big time. And it'll be quick, easy coins whenever it does move. Mets, what about you? What are you doing? Are you doing anything different in the market that you have been previously? I know previously you were doing players with position changes on them and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be bread and butter all year round. You know, the stuff that Paul's just talking about is like trading 101 works pretty much all the time as long as you don't get too greedy. I think the biggest advice I can give is don't load up on the same card too much because if the market does turn and the price goes down it's going to affect you way more if you have multiples of the same card try and diversify the cards that you're trading in so like paul says if you're focused on team of the week or the new promo go for a range of different cards don't just concentrate on one because it sells quick because if you get that downward turn you're in big trouble 
But what I've been doing this week is um, trading on some of the cheaper heroes. So uh, Lars Rickon's been doing it for me, again, with position changes. And Tim Cahill for about 40 to 45K. You can normally flip him with a position change for up to 50 or just under that. And particularly if he has Architect applied to because it's the only one that makes him lengthy. So if you see those with a position change, you're in business. So it's just all about finding your own little niche. There's a lot of special cars that will always have a certain amount of demand. Just don't get too greedy and go for the same one over and over and over again because it will catch you eventually. Um, the training tips that I've given out before where I was going for position changes on wolf swingers in particular because it was just so easy to sort of remember them and there wasn't so much of a uh, competitor space. I seem to have had that little niche to myself. That's no longer the case. There seems to be lots of these people who are trading position change, Pedensi, um, Pedro Neto, um, for up to like 3K, which is way too much. But the transfer list is flooded with them now. So if you can get players like that very cheap, then go for it. But you can't pay more than a thousand coins for them or the, the profits are hard to come by. But uh, it will be interesting to see what comes out in Rule Breakers and whether what they're doing with the promo allows for a little bit of position change um, flexibility and create some trading opportunities out of that board. We'll just have to wait and see, but we don't have long to wait because it's happening in about five minutes. Yeah. And I noticed to uh, position changes is, is really where I've been. My bread's been getting buttered since the, you know, the start of the game and they've gone up quite a bit in price. And, you know, we saw activity from EA that we're trying to, uh, you know, counteract this by doing these cheap SBCs to give you free untradeable versions of them. But uh, obviously it hasn't had an impact. So I'm wondering if we're going to get some more activity or based around this. And I saw something somebody shared from foot dunk had put out basically, I think it was in his discord, but basically saying that EA are looking at uh, people using bots. They're using it uh, to time people to try to get them banned, whether that's having an impact or not, we don't know, but it's like you said, don't go too heavy on a single player item. But when it comes to consumables, to me, you're safer with those because you can store as many of those as you want in your club and they're going to move eventually. Uh, but yeah, getting greedy, I, I got bit pretty hard with that with Mares, And I actually put that trade out in the Discord to our subscribers. And when I put it out, it was still pretty solid. And two hours later, that was the day the market you know cratered two days ago. And by the time a couple of guys got some cards, George in particular, he picked up a few he was having problems selling them because his price had dipped another thousand, which was to me just get in there and buy it, which is what I did. And I ended up with like 80 of them on my transfer list. And I was able to flip half of them for about 1500 each after tax. But the rest, I just had to, to, to break even on and even take a loss on a few of them just because, you know, I was in too deep. And when you list too many cards in same succession at the same price, people are just going to undercut you and that further drives it down. So it's like you said, Matt, don't get too greedy on it. Uh, I learned that the hard way. Willing to share that experience so you guys don't have to. But don't list too many cards at once. It's fine to have 20, 25 on your transfer list, but stagger your prices. Don't list them at the same price and let people go through them and think they have a good deal. And then just alter your prices next time. It doesn't take that much time. Um, let's move on to some player SBCs before we get rule breakers in a few minutes. Have you guys done any of these new player SBCs? We got Jao Mario. We did get a Savio Moreira. What else did we get, man? We got Benassi, 
Dan Juma has been in there for a while. I did do Kulazewski because I had a bunch of fodder I need to get rid of. And I'll talk about him in a little bit, but have you done any of these, Matt? I did uh, Benesir and he's a nice card. Very good on the ball. You could call him a, a dollar store Modric. He's that kind of player. He is a, a CDM by trade, but he doesn't really have the physicals to warrant being CDM. He is more of a CM, in my opinion, and he does have high medium work rates. So playing him at CDM is a little bit fruitful. He's also on the small side. So if you need a CDM to cut passing lanes, you know, have that lengthy reach to block passes and intercept the eight and that kind of player, he's more of a um, nimble, getting the play started CDM. Um, so it's all about whether he suits his style. He's also a little bit tricky to link because he's Algerian. So unless you've got a sort of Serie A stroke, uh, Milan quartet, hard to get Max Kem with him in your team, but it's, it's decent. And I think it was a fair price for that SBC. That's the only one I've done this week though. I, I did have a look at uh, Fulkrig, I think he was the German player of the month, but I just don't see much uh, to be gained out of that one. That's a very, very specialist card. And when I say specialist, I mean shit really, to be honest. <laughs> Paul, what about you? Have you done any? Because I've, I've done one other one that I'd like to talk about as well. No, um, I did Sterling towards the back end of uh, Ones to Watch. Uh, I like the idea of these dynamic duos. We got the Leeds pair uh, this week. Uh, they did have the wrong dynamics when they were first released. Rodrigo's really good. I've played against Rodrigo a few times in because he's quite chunky for a CM and fast. He can really sort of burst through the middle. Very difficult to play against with the type of players that we have at the moment. Yeah, I'm being, I'm being very tight at the moment with... Um, SBCs that I'm doing which isn't like me at the moment um, but I'm, my my thinking is when are you not tight? I'm not tight I'm not tight I'm just thinking if I'm doing an SBC it either has to be really fun or I want it to be in my team until Christmas um, and we might get one of those tonight actually in one minute um, I have seen a leak for a certain Real Madrid Centre back, um, so I'm, I've got my eye on that one because I think um, Alaba, when he comes, will be really, really good. Uh, La Liga's on fire at the minute as well. We're getting so many, there's so many really good La Liga cards. Uh, so yeah, I'm just being a bit picky with what with the SPCs that I'm doing. Yeah, and you mentioned centre back. I did do Thiago Silva, and by the time this podcast is out, it'll be out tonight. So you'll still have a little bit of time by the time you listen to this, if you're an early listener, but Tiago Silva, the flashback, I wasn't going to do him a bit initially, but somebody in the discord, I can't remember who it was. If you listen, please remind me, I want to give you credit for this, but they told me that he was better than Rudiger. So I did Tiago Silva, sold Rudiger, added to my transfer profit and put Tiago Silva in. And I haven't missed Rudiger at all. Tiago Silva is legit. I have anchor on him that makes him lengthy and he's everywhere. He, he's got plenty of pace as a lengthy center back and his passes is what really sets him apart because so many times a center back, you know, they'll get the ball and they'll have a little bit of pressure on him and they just can't get the pass off because their stats are so bad and their composure might be lower and it just bounces right to the opposition and they just bang it in. That's not the case with Thiago Silva. So if you have the coins, got great links, um, Premier League, Brazil, He's a great center back. I don't see him leaving my squad for quite some time. He's a great pair with Koulibaly. It'll get you done, sure, if you need somebody at the back. That's pretty affordable, in my opinion, before fodder moves. But we do now have 
rule breakers. Uh, here we go. I've I've just seen George has posted in our chat that we've got a, a remain five SBC four star skill moves three star weak foot and it's a eighty three and eighty four squad that needs two eighty fives and a team of the week. It's Ooh. a bit meh. It might not be meh. I ain't had a proper look, but it doesn't get me excited like a Alaba card would. We've got um, a newcomers challenge number three for a seventy five plus rated player. Whoop-dee-doo. That's a bit meh. We also have a Paulinho objective. Left mid by a Leverkusen. Three star skill moves. Uh, four star skill moves, three star weak foot. Um, I don't think that'll be a bad card for an objective card. I'll have to have a look at the in-games. But um, I really do like the look of this team. PK stands out to me straight away. I think it was his, what his scream card from a, a year or two ago, which I really liked and kept in my team way too long probably but um i did really enjoy that card got a nice addition to the mls we've got hector herrera in there 79 pace as a cm 82 defending 79 physical 82 dribbling 84 passing 80 shooting this is a do-it-all center mid and don't be afraid of medium medium work rates as i've said before modric is medium medium and he gets busy what i want to talk about is this Calvin Phillips, CDM from Manchester City. This card looks really good. I mean, he's 5'10". He's got great all-around stats. 88 defending, 80 physical, 83 dribbling, 84 passing, 75 pace, which 78 of that is acceleration. Uh, With the right Kim style, this card could be a menace in the midfield. Matt, which one of these cards sticks out to you right now based off the first impressions? I'm definitely buying Dzeko. That looks like a really fantastic, solid striker. Great pace, finishing, strength. And the only thing it's kind of lacking for me is a bit of a stronger weak foot, but that's okay. Oh no, I beg your pardon, he's got five-star weak foot. He hasn't got the skills, sorry. I, I mixed that one up. And if I was to use him as a target man, a little bit low on the passing, but definitely good enough to suffice. And you can always boost that up with a chem style. So that's absolutely fine. I think that's going to be a big hit, that one. Um, Looking at everything else, um, interestingly, there's a, a left wing back that's going to be cheap, Frankowski, who will strong link to uh, an inform Danzo centre back from the same club, Lons. I think that was team of the week two, and he had an 80 plus pace, so that might be interesting to you if you're on a budget. Um, this looks like a really solid promo so far. I mean, I know there's going to be more to come as well, so we're, we're just casting our initial eye on this, but. Um, one thing that I think is important in this game is having centre-backs with really good passing. Um, Informer Kanji, mm-hmm. for me, has been unreal in that respect. He's fast, he's strong, and he has very, very good passing. Uh, Leonardo Benucci in this team has been really brought up to the standard of which he's been in FIFA about five or six years ago, where, you know, not rapid, but reasonably quick, very strong, but has really good short and long passing ability, which in previous FIFAs was was dynamite. You could like ping long balls from the back to start counterattacks up to your wingers, that kind of thing. He might be viable for that, or with some uh, in-game tactics, jiggery pokery, you might even be able to make a CDM out of him. So I've got my eye on him and Jeko as I sort of lean back into that Serie A system that I've perhaps started the game with I kind of rotated out of it and now they're pulling me back in by the looks of it so very excited about these cars it looks looks really good yeah another card that 
George just shared in our chat is the center back from Everton, England national, Godfrey, 84 pace, 85 defending, 78 physical, again, with the right Kim style. Yeah, that'll be the one that um, the people of no imagination go for. I'm looking at promo packs. We've got uh, 50K, 10 50k packs and 15 25k packs. Um, these cards are new. People want to use them. Premier League centre-back with with pace. Um, what's not to love? People are going to see that 84 pace, 85 defending um, and going to want to use him. And the game's just crashed. Um, wonderful. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I like the look of that. It's no surprise the game crashes on a big promo day. That's that's par for the course. Looking at the rest of the team, the SBC is Romain Favre. Did I say that right, Matt? I reckon you probably did. Romain Favre. I'm not, not terribly impressed with that one, though, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I mean, he can be a cam, which is nice, but uh, 5'11", 78 balance. He's he's not going to be the most nimble of of midfielders, especially at the cam spot. To me, the cam needs to have a little bit of, uh, you know, movability, if you will, and that's really hard to come by in this year's game, at least at the moment. But you know, three star weak foot as a cam, not my favorite. Four star skills is fine, but he's pretty damn cheap. I mean, currently forty six thousand as an SBC for an eighty six French good links, so it could be worse. I think that's a a fairly priced SBC. I think this Fakir card, I'm going to have to try him at some point once his um, price fixes itself and we get an idea of the sort of price he's going to be. I like this team. Overall, first impressions, I think there's a little bit of something there for everybody. I think there'll be some that... And at this stage of the game, we've got cards that are going to be cheap but still very usable, and I think the boosts they've given people are probably in... In the right spots. Do you think I'm right in saying that? The only thing I would say is I'm not 100% clear on what, what rules these cards are breaking. It's not like they took a slow card and made it fast at the expense of physical. It just seems like a general boost, which is fine, but it's not a rule breaker. Yeah, it's. I don't ever understand the whole rule breaker, the rule breakers theme. Um, to me, rule breakers should be, you know, really strange position changes, yeah. really wild stat changes, but. I mean, everything is basically just boosted cards in their same positions. So maybe this is, maybe we're just missing something. I don't know. But I know we had the same discussion last year. I'm not at all critical of, of the cards they put out. I think they look great. It just, no. As a promo, I was, you, you expect to get something weird and wacky, like you're saying, Hunter. They're not. But it's, it's a good promo, good cards. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into, trading them, playing with them, all that good stuff. But I just don't see the rules these cards are breaking, per se. But no, it's all good. With regards to trading these, we've got Krankowski. Um, he's a left wing back. Um, so if you think about what I've just said about Frimpong being a right wing back, you'll be able to do exactly the same thing with him. Um, and I imagine he's going to be quite cheap. It might be worth picking up some of those Danzos to go with him. Yep. So, you know, they're going to be cheap, easy to trade. Um, just a quick one as well, going back to trading, um, and this is something George mentioned, when you're listing cards, fodder, list them at five past five, so they're finishing at ten past six, five past six, so that you, 
people are going to do SBCs, people are going to, looking to go buy cards, the chances of getting a purchase in that first sort of five or ten minutes, a lazy buy in that first five, ten minutes um, are quite high. Um, if we get a new SBC, people just don't care and they go buy. You can make yourselves coins every day doing that. Um, even listing cards that are in your club, um, non-rares, random gold cards you've got. If you've got an empty transfer list, just fill it up with those cards. Somebody might buy them for SBCs. Just get them out there. Yeah, that's a good shout. I'm still watching this Godfrey prices. I just got one for 70K. Dang. I don't know how much lower he's going to go, but hopefully he turns 70K is too cheap for me. But we'll see. I might lose my ass on this. We'll find out. You were talking about the the promo itself, Rule Breakers, how it doesn't really make sense to you. It's kind of a, a fraud title promo, if you will. And that kind of brings me into a player I mentioned earlier and I want to talk about in this week's segment of Fraud of the Week. Fraud of the Week. He's in position. Off the post and back in play. And he's fired it against the post. Biggest ever fraud in the club. And I mentioned I did the Kulazewski SBC based on had extra fodder, wanted to try something different, and he's just not it. He's he's. I think he's just too tall. He's he's not movable. Um, you can make him lengthy, but he's not the same lengthy as as Halland, if you will. He's a big, strong player, but as a winger, I need somebody like Sterling. I need somebody that can move, dribble, send those passes in first time, and not have to take a touch and, and make fifty five slow mo animations. <laughs> Stay away from this one. I would definitely not recommend doing this SBC. Even if you have fodder, just save it for something better. Take it from me. It's a waste of your fodder. Do not do it. Anybody else have a fraud you want to talk about? I do. Made a bit of an experiment this week, just cycling through last weekend's team into something that might have gone into this weekend. I tried the two Saudi heroes in the game. Uh, Samuel Jaber, the striker. Looks really good on paper, um, but just doesn't really offer enough in the game um, not quite quick enough to get on the end of things doesn't really have the power and the finishings it's good but it's not outstanding and again if you're measuring stuff against Haaland everything seems to look pretty rubbish on the flip side of that though his partner in crime um, El Alran Saeed El Alran if I'm pronouncing that right is absolutely fantastic I'm not necessarily going to say he's value for money he was like 200 or K but very uh, thin, wiry, but powerful, fast of a really good hard shot. Really enjoyed using that card. And it's one that you're not going to see very often because people aren't going to make teams with Saudi players in it, generally speaking. But out of the two, that one was really good. Yeah, another thing I want to talk about, George brought this up. It's a good point. Paul, tell me about the events that went down between you and George in co-op this week and the peculiar things that were happening at 3-0. Well, We've we've also found out it's not just three nil, but um, most of the time through the week, the only time I really play is me and George will play co-op. Uh, we'll jump on, you know, a few evenings a week, play co-op, try and get up through the the divisions in rivals, um, and we've been absolutely flying. Lost very few games at all, um, <laughs> and we're both still in exactly the same spot we were in at the start of the week. Um, so we'd we'd get on a little streak, we'd be flying along, 3-0, rage quit. Um it says that we've forfeited the match. Um so we, we then lose our game, lose our streak. So we've you know, we've lost three spots there. Um 
so we we try again we play a couple of games we we get another rage quit 3-0 so we're like oh it must be a thing at 3-0 um, so we, we played again the next night second game in 2-0 rage quit same again lost a spot while on a streak um, and it's been so fucking frustrating because we're playing and winning and losing very few games um, we had one night where we didn't lose a game at all and we were in the same spot as what we were in it was just just driving us wild um, and I don't know what we can do I don't even think EA know about it I haven't heard anybody else talking about it um, so it puts you in a bit of a shitty situation then because I had that bother about playing rivals on my own during the week I'd much rather play co-op but I also want to get up through the divisions I don't want to play three games for one win um, even though you've won all three uh, so if anybody out there has had similar or knows why it it's infuriating infuriating because you, you just you're just wasting your time out even though it's fun and you're winning um you're not getting rewarded for those wins which is fucking annoying yeah it's really annoying when you should be getting wins and you're not and you're getting abused by a system which apparently some people know about it if they're continuing to do it unless it's just completely by chance but at any rate anytime somebody quits you should get the win. You definitely shouldn't get the loss. Um, but I mean, this is nothing new, right? This happens every year. It's the only game that I've ever played on a video game where somebody can forfeit, quit, and you get fuck all for it. It's been an issue. I don't know why it's it's an issue, but I don't see them changing it because I mean, well, people are still going to play, right? It's just like all the other issues that we have with with all the mistakes they made this week. So many mistakes, but. Ultimately, what's the point? Because we're still going to play it, right? We don't have any other options as they have the Monopoly, right, man? Exactly. We, we, we said this year after year that the community doesn't really make them pay for their mistakes. And I don't know if you want to call it due to the community's addiction that they won't walk away from a game when there's historically been so many flaws, but this is the situation we're in. But you know, generally speaking, that. that they have a track record of making errors, but I'm enjoying this game a lot more than I have done the last two or three years so far. In even if there's a couple of flaws in there that need remedying, this is the most different FIFA we've had in a long time. So I'm not going to waste my time like shit talking EA when they make several mistakes a week. What's the fucking point? We're all going to carry on playing because we need a good football game to play, right? So here we are. Yeah, yeah, it's the best one going. That's for sure. I just had a look at Jekko on the market, by the way. There's only two of them. That card's going to be fucking well popular. What's he selling for? Oh, wow. Like 300 plus K. Whew. I just got another Godfrey for 69. I'm going to lose so much on this, I feel. Oh, well. Do we even want to talk about... I've got five hunts, so we're in it together. <laughs> <laughs> Misery loves company, I guess. Yeah. Do we even want to talk about Team of the Week? After we got this promo, is it even relevant? No, I think it was a pretty bad team of the week, really, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I I thought team of the week's not that bad, actually. I think we've got um, Tamori, which I think is a decent card. We've got Cancelo. I know we've got no real sort of big boys, um, 
but we've got Correa, right mid Correa, uh, Frimpong, Cancelo, Tamari. Um, I'd be happy with quite a few of these as my reds this weekend, I think. Uh, one, two, three, probably four of these. Five even. I'd, I wouldn't mind a Donnarumma. I think five of them I'd be quite happy if I got those red. Yeah. I guess it's good for uh, good for fodder, if anything else. That's, that's, that's what Team of the Week is mostly good for. But, you know, there's there's good trades to be had around those, right, Paul? Those those informs? Yeah. If you get any informs, don't quick sell them for 10K as well. Just leave them in your club. Um, you know, at some point they'll have some value. If you don't need the coins, just leave them. Because we've, we've seen this week, we're requiring informs in SBCs that we're getting. One yesterday, one again today. So, yeah, if you get in informs, just keep them in your club. Mm. We're just waiting for that. SBC that everyone absolutely has to do to send those informs through through the roof, right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and it could be that that Alaba SBC because that one's a choice, right? You have a, a choice between two. Isn't that what Sheriff tweeted? Slightly yeah. different defending and physical stats. Yeah, and so many people are running either the Liga teams or the Liga hybrids. That's that's all I'm seeing really. So yeah, I think that will be a super popular card. Really, really popular. Yeah, and there's another thing that's coming too. We saw in the code, the pack code, and that was the icon SPC. Am I correct in saying that? That that should help push fodder up. I think it's 86 and below icons. Is that what the uh, SPC that's coming? Yeah, if that needs an inform or two, it'll just take some of this supply off the market because you have to think you only need nine wins for a team of the week pack now. The amount of supply of informs is, you know, it's wild. So they're going to have to do something to to continue to sort of mop some of these informs up. Yeah, I feel like icons this year, even last year, but apart from your top, top tier icons, I feel like they're becoming less relevant, you know, by the week, especially considering the promos that we get now and the hero cards have really made a huge difference. And I feel like heroes are the new sought after cards words it used to be icons but i think heroes are t- kind of taking the steel in the stage if that makes sense you kind of agree with that sentiment matt yeah i think so i think it's also easier for squad building isn't it if you can basically drop in a hero into a squad that has a bunch of players in the same league and you know that hero is going to like link them all up really nice whereas with the icons it's all about nationality and that might not be the build-up or the makeup of your, of your team. So obviously nice to pack one. If you've got a specific nation system going on, then great. But if you don't, you probably would rather have links via league, which is where the heroes come in clutch. And uh, yeah, I think that's more popular with the current Ken system as it stands at the moment. Moving on to the next segment I wanted to talk about. We, we talked about starting a, a novelty card of the week or just a novelty card segment, if you will. Matt, that was a good shout brought up by you. Do you have anybody in particular that you would like to discuss that's current or new to the market that would be a novelty item? Um, the the novelty player that I tried this week, and you might have missed me talking about it either because we had some audio issues, was was an, a, a hero. So it's novelty in respect that not many people use it because it's an off nationality, uh, but not novelty in the fact that it's 200k card. And that was Saeed Al-Amoran from Saudi Arabia. Uh, that card has, has given me a lot of joy this week. It's not novelty in respect of the stats. It's just novelty that it's one you're not going to see very often. So it's uh, an infrequently seen card, let's put it that way. Um, but he's 
quite tall and can be played at striker, cam, or on the right mid or right wing. And it kind of feels a bit like the first time you use like one of the really big Brazilian icons. It's very thin and wiry in stature, but very powerful. Has a super powerful like long shot on him. If you like really direct players who run with power, absolutely great card. I've had so much fun using it this week. Um, hard to link though because most people aren't running Saudi teams, are they? Uh, so unless you link into the other Saudi hero who I listed as a fraud. <laughs> earlier on in the show um tricky but really fun card to use and one that probably most people aren't going to try so if you want something a little bit different i recommend taking a look at it if you've got 200k burning a hole in your pocket that is yeah but don't uh correct me if i'm wrong but don't hero cards link to each other so if you had another hero card in your squad you could link him to it as well and get two diamonds that's why I bought the uh, the two of them, yeah, for that, exactly that reason. But the other one, I don't really want to keep around, so <laughs> it's causing the problem. So he's not entirely unlinkable. I mean, you just need to get another hero in your squad. Somebody like uh, a cheaper-ish option would be like somebody I bought, I bought recently, Robbie Keane. To me, he's super good this year. I, I don't know if it's something with his card specifically or if it's a different build, but I feel like he's way more lethal in the area than he was last year. And that's mainly because he moves so much better in the box than your average striker, especially compared to Holland, who I was using before, where I couldn't take a touch. It was hard to take a touch and get a shot off in the box, whereas I can do that now with Robbie Keane. So that's a good shot to pair up with Matt's novelty item this week. And before we sign off, we have quite a few hot takes as the community was on fire this week. Hot takes. We got about four to go through here. And we'll come to Matt on this one first, but this one is from Precise Dumbs, one of Matt's longtime friends in the Discord. Hey, Dom. Precise Dumbs says, the homegrown 11 friendly mode is some of the worst content that's ever been put out. Gated content where you have to win seven of 10 for a mediocre reward should not exist. And that's coming from someone who's gone seven and one both times in the mode. What say you, Matt? And I say purely a matter of opinion isn't it if you don't think it's worth your time then it, it isn't worth your time it's not a mode I've tried personally I, I've been sticking most of my play to to competitive stuff so rivals and weekend league I've played like must be best part of 140 150 matches so I haven't had time to dabble into some of the the side modes but Dom knows his stuff and in his opinion it ain't worth his time so I find that a lot of the, the the sort of side modes that we have kind of suffer from that um, sometimes squad battles is worth the time but it's a painful experience I don't think the majority of people enjoy for example so I totally sympathise with Dom if he's having the same feelings with this one um, given that I'm, I'm a busy person I'm a married man I've got a full time job that doesn't revolve around FIFA or making content etc I don't have the time to dip into all of these modes so I'm looking for my kicks out of Rivals and Weekend League, unless there's like a really super duper reward in one of these uh, objective type modes or friendlies, etc. It's, it's not for me and clearly not for Dom. Yeah, and it's not for me either. I haven't tried it and not based on the idea of it. I mean, if, if you're into that, it's like you said, it's up to you. But I mean, currently, I feel like we have enough sweaty modes in the game. Why do I need to go and be sweaty in friendlies as well? I mean, to me, friendlies is the mode where I like to test things out. I like to try really aggressive tactics, try new things, see what works, see what doesn't work. That's kind of my experimental mode where if I lose, I can just quit. It doesn't matter. Nothing really goes against me. My opponent gets a win. Everybody's happy. But 
I say this to a lot of my friends and I say this to my friend Rob all the time. If the game's making you unhappy, stop playing the game, change the mode, do something different. Don't just sit there and be miserable. So good shout from precise Dom there. The next one is from L and we'll come to Paul on this one. L's hot take says patches don't necessarily ruin the game. The players you face get harder as you go up in the divisions. And a lot of people like to use the excuse of patches due to it becoming difficult Usually content creators, and he says he won't name them. Mm. Interesting take there. What do you think, Paul? I think the um, current patch we had seems reasonable, and I think it all depends on the patch, doesn't it? Some patches, some people are like, you know, if you're spamming long-range finesses and the patch finesse shots, you're not going to like it. Um, But, yeah, I think it, it depends on the patch. And we obviously need patches in the game, but it's one of them things, isn't it? People will complain about anything if it doesn't suit. Um, how they play the game. Or some people just moan anyway. You always have those people who just moan good, bad. Otherwise, they'll they'll just throw an opinion out there. And, you know, content creators get a bit of stick, but it's the job. They've got to create content. So they're going to uh, talk about it in a, a good light or a negative light, what, you know, whatever. So um, this, this bracket of content creators is a very sort of wide pool of FIFA players, so I think they get a bit of a, a bad rap sometimes. Yeah, I can accept that. This this current patch, I think the biggest thing I've noticed from it, I mean, they have did some things with passing where personally, I don't think we needed a patch with passing. I thought that passing kind of presented an opportunity for a skill gap because you had to be precise with your passes. You had to be composed. You couldn't just blindly throw passes past people, and now you kind of can. You can be more irresponsible with passing and get away with it which again, it'll probably make your average player feel like he's a bit better at the game, which is good, make them feel better about it. But at the same time, you just narrow that skill gap a little bit more and leave it into the face of the cards instead of the the user. But that's just my opinion. I did notice quite a few changes with referees. There seem to be calling a lot more fouls where they should be and they're, they're calling less where they shouldn't be. So I'm seeing a lot less tackles from behind from the likes of Sterling which was very annoying. It seemed to be like if you just had a fast winger that was on comeback, they could just steal the ball off you from behind, which should never be the case. So I'm glad to see that. I've noticed that, Hunter, with the with the, the referees. Sometimes, like, it's just a joke. But um, it has, it's been way... I feel, we haven't spoke about this, but I feel refereeing's been a bit off. Sometimes you're like, why the fuck have I just not got a foul there for that? And then other times they'll be shoulder to shoulder and it'll blow up. Um, I found the female refs best, to be honest. The male ones have been fucking terrible. You just saved yourself massively there. Well done. Yeah. We're about to get cancelled. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. (laughs) I've got no opinion on the matter. Fachano says, lengthy acceleration isn't necessarily best on every player or every play style. If you're looking for short, sharp play, explosive players seem to work better and you can burst past those lengthy defenders. Matt, you were kind of shaking your head there. I can agree with this sentiment, especially if you do some L1 dribbling around the box. So if you're holding L1, kind of crab walk backwards and then come off of it into a sprint touch, if they've got good acceleration, good explosive sprint speed, they'll absolutely just light speed forward past the defenders, almost unrealistically fast. So if you're not doing that, I know I shared that with Jason yesterday. We were in a voice call just hanging out in the lounge and it helped him out tremendously. So practice that around the box. But Matt, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think this is something that we we perhaps should have gone a little bit deeper on this week, but I'm glad it's been brought up because I think 
I'm not saying that length is fraudulent by any stretch of the imagination. It definitely has its uses and, and certainly made a big impact early on in the game whilst we were all struggling to understand it. But I think it's it's somewhat reflected in this sort of market Armageddon that so many cards that were getting used as lengthy have really come down a lot in the last week because it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's It's very situational. If you are a possession type player, and like you say, you're pinging passes in and around the box. You need someone with explosive or control to be able to make those quick and nimble turns to get passes off. If you've got lengthy, it, it's taking you that split second longer to charge up and start moving quickly. And the best way to to counter a player using lengthy is to try and make them turn. Once they turn, they're, they're ground to a halt. They slow down. So it's good for, I think, wide players. It's very useful, particularly with fullbacks. Um, if you use them to either start off attacks by sprinting down the wing or you like to chase back with them, fantastic for that. Um, good in certain midfield situations. I don't like it for forwards. I don't think it works well unless you're a, a pure counter-attacking player. Yeah. Which if you are, you're scum. Mm. I'm joking. But if you if you play counter, then Lengthy has its uses, particularly with someone like Harlan, right? Yeah. But if you're the dominant player who has most of the ball lengthy probably isn't going to do much for you and those type of players would be better suited with a Ben Yedder than not necessarily a Haaland because he's still super good because he's just really good in general but those type of strikers that people have been using for the last week like Saul off the inform or uh, Werner or Victor Osserman or someone like that it's we're starting to get the pushback on lengthy particularly in attackers and uh, yeah, Fashano's 100% right. It's it's going to be situational, but I think it's slowly already starting to lose its usefulness as the card skid upgrade, even when we eventually hit that apex where most of the players we want to use won't be able to convert to Lemphy at all. Yeah, that's a good shout. It's, uh, it's basically the truth from everything I, I've seen in the game. Um, lengthy is definitely advantageous for counterattacking. And if you do encounter somebody that likes to counter, just, like I said, grab that center back or whoever it is to, to try and counter that person and take away any opportunity for what would be normally a finesse shot because that would also negate the outside-the-foot shot. Because typically to perform the outside-the-foot shot correctly, you need to be in the same body position that you would perform a finesse shot with the, you know, the outside foot. But if you do that, you'll find yourself conceding a lot less goals. And again, don't get too aggressive on the tackling. The The auto tackling in this game is still super strong. I hardly ever press O when I'm actually trying to make a tackle. I just let the AI do it for me. I don't like it because again, the skill gap is narrowed with that, but it is what it is. This is the game we have, so learn how to play it correctly. And the last hot take we have is from Jason M24. Jason disagrees with players complaining about patches breaking the game. And he says, quote, made the gameplay just like FIFA 22 overnight is what he says people are saying. He thinks it's a complete myth. The patch has only improved the game and ironed out some bugs. I feel a lot of this negativity comes with no tangible evidence. I want to see something factual that shows the gameplay is worse than it was pre-patch and not just Twitter opinions. I mean, you're going to get that. It's kind of like we said earlier, people... A lot of these people who complain about this stuff are the same people that don't have Twitter names, that don't have Twitter pictures. They're just random Twitter profiles because they have it only set up for things like this because they'd be too embarrassed. NPCs. <laughs> yeah. They'd be too embarrassed to say these things, you know, in public because most of the time it's ridiculously stupid takes from people. So 
just kind of let it go in one ear out the other because people are going to say bad things regardless because they're just people suck i guess is all i can really say yeah it's like we we touched on earlier right if if a patch irons out a certain gameplay trait that you were doing well with i.e finesse shots they definitely seem less effective now than they were in week one which is exactly what happened last year and probably the year before that for some reason i i love a bit of long range finesse and they seem to have swapped it now to long range outside of the foot shots which is so much more unrealistic but anyway if the thing that's serving you well has been taken out you're not going to be happy and conversely if the thing that you like to use has been upped a little bit you're going to be delighted so it's, it's totally subjective um I think what we're going to see is more live tuning, just very subtle updates. They might even do it sort of day to day or or week to week rather than waiting for these sort of bi-monthly patches and stuff. I think that's probably the right way to go. You shouldn't get a patch whereby everything seems so dramatically different that you can make such a sweeping statement about whether the gameplay is good or not. It should be a tweak. It should be fairly unnoticeable patch to patch or live tune to live tune, for lack of a better word. It should accumulate in a better result over time, not instantly, necessarily. But I'm quite happy with the game. In general, there are things about it that annoy me, but that might not annoy someone else. It could be totally selfish, things not suiting my requirements. So I'm not going to go out there and start bullshitting EA on, on Twitter about it with my no name, no photo, <laughs> Twitter profile, like you say, I love that. I think the game's in a, in a good place and, and, and stands to get better. So all good for me. Yeah. Well, Paul had to run out and take a call, so he's not going to be able to see this one to its end. But before we go, last thing I want to talk about is, is Mets, you guys don't have this issue from what, what I understand. This is a PlayStation issue, but the settings, the gameplay settings, everything down to commentator volume, because I always have commentators muted, the camera angles, everything else. I've been prompted now seven times to set up my settings as if it's the first time I played the game. That's annoying. I log in, it tells you to pick your team, pick your settings, and you go in and the camera angles are all back to default. All the controls are back to default, so I have to go in, reset everything up. I really wish they would iron this shit out. So if somebody out there is listening, fix your shit, please. It's getting old. Thank you. Or buy an Xbox. Or buy an Xbox. You know, I'm, I'm almost to that point because it seems like a lot of these issues are always PlayStation, unfortunately. You never hear about this shit with Xbox. But you can find Paul on Twitter at RightFoot, W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T, right fucking foot. You can also find him on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash RightFoot. Matt, where can they get you on social? At LandoMatt on T or holler at me in Discord. Yep. And if you're not in the Discord, what are you waiting for? You can follow me on Twitter at TheFootHunter. You can follow the show on Twitter at FootballersPod. We will be back with you next week for more exciting, hopefully, Road Breakers. Team 2. Podcast Network.